Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. So for this round, I thought we'd do something a little different and go back to some of these shorter articles instead of the marathons we've been doing now. So this first article here is from the March 2000 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction. And it's called Timeless Brothers, written by Stephen G. Casciola, 32nd degree. A member's lifelong sense of the brotherhood of humankind finds fulfillment in Freemasonry. Today, when I am sitting in Lodge or attending a Masonic event, I often reflect on our family of Freemasonry and the true depth and meaning of our brotherhood. I give thanks for the unique opportunity to be one of the current links in this great fraternity's centuries-old lineage of outstanding brethren. For me, contemplating these bonds opens a new world of appreciation for the term extended family. My first recollection of a timeless bond with others occurred in the early 1950s when I was a child growing up in Phoenix. While walking through a field near my home, I recall picking up a rusty, old, blade-like metal object. I still remember smelling the metal and instantly sensing the spirit of the Native Americans who had walked that land before me. It seemed they asked me to remember and honor their lives. Now, many years later, I look back at that personal experience as my first conscious connection to the timeless brotherhood that embraces all humankind. In the field that day, my extended family was born, suddenly enlarging itself to transcend time and space. My bonds of brotherhood continued to grow in my adult years. After college came a singing career that took me all over the country. I learned invaluable lessons on the road. I remember Moose, my African-American drummer who helped me overcome shyness about black culture and lifestyle. We wound up bonding as soul brothers. Having this connection with him and the thousands of other fine people I met traveling through America made me confident about the value of extended human relationships. I experienced firsthand how each community had long family traditions and permanent bonds. I vowed to discover the beauty of all people, regardless of their origin and type. They were all brothers and sisters to me. Now, many years later, I give thanks for those people who helped me see the potential greatness in every person. High school teachers, neighborhood gardeners, and master citizens from all walks of life contributed to my awareness. Because of their influences, my extended family has become a diverse array of people. Still today, I try visiting all parts of a city, getting to know the young and old, affluent and poor, traditional and avant-garde. They all have a place at the timeless family table of humankind. Masonry only came into my life 14 years ago, yet it seems the fulfillment of all I have lived before. Raised a Roman Catholic, my upbringing was of American-Italian heritage. I had no prior knowledge of the existence or purpose of our fraternity. I was, however, seeking truth through a still stronger tie of brotherhood, and I found it in the Lodge. I was extremely fortunate to have a wonderful mentor, Brother Manley Palmer Hall, the prolific author and humanitarian who, unfortunately, passed to yet greater work above on August 7, 1990. At first, I was not aware he was the 33rd degree Scottish Rite Mason and the recipient of our order's highest honor, the Grand Cross. 
In my innocence, I asked him simply and directly, what do you think about the Masonic fraternity? He replied, I cannot think of a finer organization than Freemasonry for a good man to join. That was all I had to hear. Again making a vow, I determined to become a better man, and I petitioned Burbank Lodge Number 406, Burbank, California. Later in 1992, I was honored to serve this lodge as master. When Manley Palmer Hall, who was also a minister, married my wife Annie and me, we were surprised to see how many Masons and their families turned up. Our extended family was indeed growing and now included many new Masonic friends. Today, as a Freemason, I am still traveling across America, and the doors of our timeless brotherhood are open wider than ever before. In an odd way, Masonry has brought me home to my innermost yearnings for meaningful relationships. What an exciting experience it is to sit in lodges where George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Daniel Boone, and other great American Masons once sat. And who knows what future world leaders will be sitting in these same lodges in this new millennium. Freemasonry is a timeless bond like no other. For myself, the family of Freemasonry has been a godsend. And as we enter this new century, it's good to remember we are all world citizens, marching forward together as one beautiful, universal brotherhood and extended family, committed to unity, hope, and compassion. These next two articles are both from the February 2001 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry Southern Jurisdiction. The first one is called, What's in it for me? Written by Neil D. Beatty, 32nd degree. The issue is not that there are no benefits to being a Mason, but that they just aren't obvious. People keep asking me, what's in Masonry for me? The most recent inquiry came after I had just returned from a small town of Fair Play, Colorado, where I had seen some ancient rituals performed in a tiny, roasting hot building, the namesake of the lodge room over Simkin's store. Yes, I had seen it all before, most of it a hundred times. Yes, I had seen the lodge room before, and I read the famous poem, The Lodge Room Over Simkin's Store, written in 1898 by illustrious Lawrence Nichols Greenleaf, 33rd degree Grand Master in Colorado in 1880, and deputy of a Supreme Council. This time it was different. It was always different. I had a wonderful time, yet what's in it for me is still a pretty good question, and it goes to the heart of Freemasonry. Any conversation about Masonry seems to dance around this topic, as if it were too low-minded a question to try to answer directly. Why would anyone want to go through so much trouble to join a club that has no obvious benefit? The secret, as you all know, is not that there are no benefits, but they just aren't meant to be obvious. Masonry means friendship. My primary reason for joining the craft and right was to make new friends. I've never been apologetic about this. I like to come to Lodge to hang out with my friends and hash over the week's activities. I like to yak. I like to listen to yakking. I like to watch my friends give a lecture that has been said the same way for hundreds of years, but do it in a way that is a little different than the last guy. I like to see them succeed. I even like to see them screwed up because I know the next time they do it, they'll be better and their success will be that much sweeter. I've met people who are interesting, hardworking, articulate, and honest. We all meet upon the level, and I can say with a straight face that many of the best friends were met here in the lodge. Also, masonry keeps you sharp. Your mind needs exercise as badly as your body. The memory work of masonry is unlike anything I've ever done in my life. I thought I would hate it. Actually, sometimes I do hate it. But I love it, too. 
The mental calisthenics of learning a new part in a degree, a new prayer, or another lecture have taught me that I can do far more than I ever thought possible. Masonry also is entertainment. My life is busy, very busy. Work seems to expand to fill every possible moment. The schedules of the lodge and temple force a break. I know years in advance that I have an appointment on the first and third Thursday. I know that if I don't show up, someone will notice. Sometimes the program is excellent, and sometimes it's lame. Sometimes there's nothing at all. But every time I go home after attending lodge or temple, I have an improved outlook on life, and I am reassured that the world is bigger than just the cubby hole where I work. Masonry makes you proud. The driving force of this and of every Masonic body is to do good. We help our members, we help our community, and we help ourselves. Every time we consider involving ourselves in something, the first and often only issue on the table is how will doing this benefit the fraternity, the members, or the community? I've never even once heard brothers ask what was in it for them. They already seem to know. I've never found any other group that comes even close to such a glorious purpose. When I find myself talking about what my Masonic bodies are up to, it is always with pride. I wish I could give a simple answer to the question, what's in it for me? An answer that would fit on a t-shirt or a bumper sticker would be really helpful. It has taken me 700 words to even begin to answer what's in it for me. Clearly, there's a lot more to masonry than what I've mentioned above as my personal benefits. But the only way you will find out your own answer is to participate in your lodge or temple. Only then will you truly find out what Freemasonry has in it for you. Our third article on this episode is called The Masonic Wallet by Gaylord Z. Thomas, 32nd Degree. Masonry is basically a course in self-improvement. Many times I've heard Masonry is like your wallet. You won't get anything out of it unless you put something into it. Isn't the same true of any self-improvement avenue or even the latest diet fad? If you don't work at it, it won't work for you. It's pretty simple, but there is a lot of truth in that wallet analogy. Let me clarify. First, I say masonry is a self-improvement medium simply because our stated purpose is to make good men better. Masonry, like profit-making books and seminars of the day that help people to self-improve, has the individual start by getting in touch with himself. It is important to know where you want to go in life, but it is more important, even critical, to know where you are, for that is your starting point. Just ask any navigator. If he doesn't know where he is when he starts, that's the first thing he will need to determine, or, by definition, he is lost. If you don't know where you are, you won't know which direction to go to reach whatever goal you set. It is of key importance to know what makes us tick and what is important to us if we are to get the direction we need and seek for ourselves. To go in a direction with our lives that isn't consistent with our own core set of values is only fooling ourselves and will not yield the success we are seeking. In masonry, we start with the entered apprentice degree. Or do we? Don't we really expect the foundation, a good man, to already exist? Furthermore, by virtue of this man coming to us of his own free will and accord, rather than us asking him to come learn our lessons, we assume he has wrestled with himself to a certain degree already. We charge the entered apprentice with his duties to his God, his neighbor, and himself. In reality, he has already come to grips with his belief system and the Masonic impression about his God will be simply an enhancement of his present faith. As well, we've accept, accepted him among us through the ballot box, so he is a good man to begin with by general recognition. 
Thus, his duties to his neighbors are probably also on a very solid foundation. The real focus he should take should be on his duties to himself, to improve himself, and in so doing he might actually become a better member of his faith, family, and community. Did you ever wonder why some people have favorite degrees they repeatedly like to participate in or witness? While the first three craft degrees provide a solid way of life for Masons, the fourth through thirty-second degrees of the Scottish Rite provide additional light on certain lessons about specific things such as duty, honesty, benevolence, justice, charity, education, patriotism, toleration, knowledge, wisdom, and so on. This favoritism toward certain degrees relates to each man's own set of values. So let's turn our attention back to that wallet. When you heard the phrase, you won't get anything out of it if you don't put something into it, weren't you, let's be honest, thinking of money? Money is the epitome of an external qualification. In contrast, masonry regards a man more for internal, not external qualities. Look at your wallet. What do you find in those various little pockets and hidden compartments? What do you see aside from credit cards, which are just an extension of money? You likely see pictures of your family or home, those persons and things really important to you. You may have a slip of paper with a favorite quotation, a vacation memento, a lucky coin, or a treasured ticket stub. You may have just about anything, including, of course, your Masonic dues cards. Why? Because these are important to you. No two wallets will have the same things in them because no two men are the same, have the same needs, and think exactly the same way. What is important to each of us differs from man to man. Masonry gives us the tools to help us reach our own goals, to improve to be the man each of us, deep down, wants to be. The way each of us reaches our different goals will, of necessity, be different. And this is at the root of why no man can speak for all of Masonry. No two Masonic journeys or wallets can ever be the same. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.